appropriate agenda. I want to be involved in conspiracy. Worry about those that do. Well, because it's harming the country. Oh, you're recording. Howdy, recording. recording. Does everybody record? It's been recording. Ooh, record we're all recording. All right, welcome to the meeting, everybody. It's us, Conspiracy, back what? for another week. Okay. <laughs> you couldn't stop us. Uh, let's introduce everybody going around the table. He's versatile, reliable, and a hallmark of the American barbecue. It's Joe, ground beef Zoller. <laughs> what, who, me? Oh, I'm sorry, that's barbecue sauce on my fingers. Let me wipe them off before I text you an emoji. <laughs> uh, chefs say he's easy to learn but impossible to perfect Plus he's covered in a flaky golden crust It's Romy Wellington Sklar Hey, I took my AC out Once it started getting really cold recently And then it got hot right away So, you're welcome <laughs> And finally, he's bold, he's brash And he's keeping it raw It's Eric Tartare Oh, I got the gross one <laughs> Oh, speak for yourself It's only gross on the back end Tartar? Delish. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's it's all right. I'm Jake Ettinger. We're Conspiracy. Uh, you might have guessed it from the superlatives up top, but today we're talking about beef. Ooh. Wait, do you fry beef Ooh. all of them? Uh, bake it. Flaky gold. It's, it's got, uh, 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 what is that? Phyllo oh, dough. It's, yeah, it's got a dough around it. It's a staple of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. I need British food. Gordon Ramsay can't shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, every, every time somebody's getting reamed out it's because the beef wellington's really hard to make and they fucked it up in some way well i'll tell you this the one thing i know about the brits is that if you can find a way to stuff meat into some sort of pastry and charge 30 dollars a plate for it they're gonna love it well speaking of the brits it's a perfect segue to our first subject today uh beef eaters I don't know if you're aware, they're better known as the Yeoman Warders. Oh, I know. You might recognize oh, yeah. their visage from the front of a beef eater gin bottle, but they are ceremonial guards, uh, uh, the ceremonial guardians of the Tower of London. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they're, yeah. they're, you know. <laughs> Agree. Agree, yep. yeah. The, the, True. The, Truth. No disagreements here. Good. Uh, just shout them out if you have any issues with anything I'm saying. I have an issue. I don't think they're as funny as people think they are. You don't think they're as funny as people think they are? No. I'm not about people going up to him, trying to make him laugh. Just let the guys do their jobs. Wait, do you think they're not funny, or do you think the people trying to use them as a prop? Well, I would funny? say they're decidedly not funny. That's their you're, whole thing. You're you're talking about the, the guards with the big fuzzy hats. Yeah, the upright beavers. You're, Right. Yeah, you're saying the guard, the ceremonial guards with the fuzzy hats that aren't allowed to move their face uh, and have served no purpose are not funny. Now those guys are great, but those are not the beef eaters I'm talking about. Oh my god! Oh, the beef eaters I'm talking about wear kind of a uh, Mad Hatter style hat, um, a big f- uh, frilly white collar. The uniform consists of knee-length scarlet tunic. Scarlet knee breeches and stockings, and a round-brimmed hat called a Tudor bonnet. Um, what? What are breeches? Breeches? Breeches are like pants down to your uh, to your knees, right? Oh man, they like so cinch like... at the knees, and then it's kind of like a f- uh, the loose fitting up top. Yeah, they're kind of like oh. anime pants. Yeah, doesn't uh, Luffy <laughs> wears breeches, right? I well, let's not bring him into it. But I, I'm not. Why gonna, not? You're I'm not going to really sit here. pass an opportunity to bring up One Piece. I'm I'm inviting the conversation. I would say that all I'm going to say is that I may or may not own several pairs of breeches <laughs> that I have used unsuccessfully at Comic Con before people mocked me and told me I don't look skinny enough to play Luffy. Man, if I had a nickel every time Joe was mercilessly mocked at Comic Con. Be a rich man. You got 15 cents. <laughs> yeah. It was just the three times. One time it didn't even go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I think the beef eaters have somewhat of an interesting history. Uh, they were formed, the, the Yeoman Warders were formed uh, back in 1485 by King Henry VII, the first monarch of the Tudor, Tudor dynasty. Um, now, when he was, uh, I think it was in 1509, when he was moving his official residence, he took... Uh, a segment of his his Yale men guards, the oldest and the most infirmed, 
and formed the Yeoman Warders to stay behind and watch the Tower of London. And since then, it has been this garrison of older men that maintain the Tower of London. And I mean, nowadays they just they're just like tour guides. Essentially, uh, they have all some some with cer- ceremonial functions, but they're all just like old retired guys. You have to serve twenty two years to qualify to be a yeoman warder. Now, do they? I mean, do they choose the most silent of these people for this job? I mean, do these people talk much outside? Are they allowed to, or do they have really strained relationships with their families? The interview I process were- is just they ask like twenty questions, and you're not allowed to answer at all. <laughs> I think you're speak. still getting hung up on the beaver-hatted guys, we're, we're which pretty we're hung up not on talking about. <laughs> oh, man. This is a group of old men particularly valued for their ability to talk as they are tour guides, Joe. Yeah, but they're retired uh, big hat guys, right? <laughs> no. No. Where, what do they do with the beavers once they're done? Because <laughs> you can't bring it inside. That's an outside animal. The beavers are you dead. Mean, Forget the beavers. What do you what? do? What do you do between shifts? Where do you leave the hat? That's the question you're asking. No, because they're not the same person, Jake. <laughs> so we got we got two we got two famous British hat soldiers that are that no. Are there's one that we're not talking about, but that's the one everybody knows about. That's one people and there's like. the new one, which the the, the yeoman's. <laughs> You've and never seen like, a beef eater gin bottle. There's a guy striding across the front. That's a beef eater. Yeah, it's a, like a tall axe uh, point. Like it's yes, a point axe. I yeah. guess a I halberd. They're always the so same. you're telling me that the royal family trusts the crown jewels in the Tower of London to a bunch of salty old men who were too old to be silent in front of the the castle. The crown jewels and the queen's keys. Every what? night, every night they have a ceremony called the ceremony of keys, in which they all get together carefully inspect the queen's keys and then store them for the evening. Right. And well, the British took over the earth by just doing the dumbest shit possible. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least Rome was interesting. Like, the British just come up with absolute nonsense. It's ceremony, man. It's ritual. It's magical thinking, honestly. But yeah, that's why they took over the world. I Wait, do know that tower has a bunch of ravens, and that's You cool. know, like, one of the, 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 the guys in front of the keys is like, had, like, you know, he's got like dinner with his wife or something, and he's she's like, just like head over. We got the reservation. He's like, sorry, I'm running late, but I, I got to spend 30 minutes on the key examination. <laughs> but Wilma, you really, the keys. I got to make sure. I don't want today to be the day where the keys aren't right, and I you know slip off early. That would hate. <laughs> it's important that, stuff. That would suck to be to be one of the because there's only 37. There's only 37 of these guys. They hate to be the uh, one on the shift the night the keys got swapped. <laughs> Wait, All right, figured out how they get into the profession because they have to work twenty years before they become beef eaters. Yeah, they have to work twenty two years. Let me hold on a second. They they to qualify. Well, they have to be silent for twenty years. Okay. All yeoman warders are retired members of the armed service. Services to be appointed must be one must be a former warrant officer, class one or two, from the Royal Navy. British Army, Royal Air Force, or Royal Marines. They also must have earned the Long Service and Good Conduct Medal and must have served for 22 years in the regular armed services. So it's like, just be a a nothing. Just be like a a, a nice guy who happens to be in the Marines and then they'll give you this cushy job. A loyal soldier. A loyal just means that you don't shoot the queen, right? Yeah. What else do you got to do? This what? feels like uh, they just dressed up like National Park volunteer position more. You know what? I, th- just about. Fun fact, though, until tw- 2009, sailors were inel- eligible to become uh, beef eaters. Uh, that was because sailors of the Royal Navy, unlike soldiers, Marines, and airmen, swear an oath of allegiance to the Admiralty rather than the Queen. <laughs> Man. <laughs> And you couldn't hey, have look. that conflict of interest when you were peeping them keys. Well, I mean, if the Admiral wants a ride in the Queen's, you know, Nissan Passat or Volkswagen Passat, then he's going to have to steal those keys. Either a Nissan Passat or a Volkswagen Passat. Well, she's the Queen. It it, if she wants a she Nissan went, Passat, she wants a she's Nissan Passat. It. She gets a Nissan. Why? <laughs> who's lost the keys? She wants to go out for Wendy's, and she wants to drive herself. Have they added to the keys? Like, are are there now like automatic like car keys in there, or, or are they all like? It's all like the fobs. modern, yeah. It's a three um. foot wide ring, 
with 4,000 keys and 20 car fobs. A couple of old gym memberships. <laughs> Aud- yeah. Weirdly enough, a, uh, a a blockbuster thumb drive. <laughs> it's just a binky. It's <laughs> the Queen's binky. Queen's binky for the sun we don't talk about no more. <laughs> I wonder what the the, char- the things they're looking for in the keys that could be off are. I think you're just making sure that they're the same keys that you saw last night. You think Henry VII had any sort of reservations about his son growing up? You know what I mean? Because Henry VIII was the one that was constantly killing people. You think he was just kind of like, this kid. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe I shouldn't give this over to him. <laughs> And the sun, the sun thing is getting a little old. Yeah, a little concerning. I don't know. <laughs> Dads and sons. It's a complicated relationship. <laughs> uh, last thing I want to mention about the beef eaters. Uh, Eric alluded to it earlier. There are ravens in the tower, and to watch over all those ravens is one of the most notable beef eaters, the Raven Master, whose job. And the is ravens to, live in the hat. They they. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the ravens try to distract the, the guards uh, so they, uh, with funny faces. Right. You know, I've heard legend says if a raven can get one of the guards to laugh, then the Tower of London <laughs> falls and the monarchy is over. And, uh, I think these beef eaters are fairly jovial, Joe. I think you are talking about the beaver headed guys. If no way of knowing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think, yeah, exactly. I think the waters are pretty muddy at this point, honestly. I'd be surprised if any of our listeners learned anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, one's, which one's the queen? Is she in the hat? She's so, the corgi. Oh. So how does this have to do with the rest of like the Irish monarchy? The Irish monarchy? I have no idea. We're talking idea. about Ireland, right? No. Uh, okay, I gotcha. England. No, no, no. You got to think of it like the Trinity. <laughs> the Tower of London, Romy. You got to oh, think yeah. of it like the, the Trinity, Romy. It's like all our God, but God is also like Britain is Ireland and Ireland is. <sighs> no, go on. What the fuck is Wales? <laughs> but but all of these guards are in Canada. No, <laughs> no, but their hats are apparently black bears from okay. Canada. You know what? Who wants to go next? Enough of <laughs> my right, beef eater fun facts. Now that, now that things have gotten pretty heated, uh, uh, it's gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about uh, beef, uh, some some petty some petty beefs that have happened in history. Oh damn um, it, Romy! Oh. Um, damn it! <laughs> damn it! Fuck! Oh man! Oh, you guys both went for the same iteration of beef. Crazy! Oh man! Who could I have guess. seen it coming? And then you both shit on my great bring of beef eaters. You fucking plebes. Sorry. Oh. Go ahead, Romy. Well, so uh, we're going to start with some uh, some marital marital beef. Jeez. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, Richard Batista, um, uh, upon uh, getting divorced in 2009, demanded that his estranged wife, Donnell, pay him $1.5 million for the life-saving kidney he'd donated to her eight years before. She'd repaid him, quote, he claimed, by sleeping with her physical therapist. It put a hole in my heart that still exists. Well, it'd be a hole in your like yeah. back, lower right. abdomen. Oh, yeah, it's in the back. Yeah, I and think if your wife's if your wife has to go through physical therapy for a long, you know, drawn out process, I think part of supporting your spouse is coming to terms with the fact that your wife may, for a time, fall in love with the physical therapist and sleep with them. We yeah. also don't know anything about this person other than they gave their wife a kidney like any piece of shit could theoretically donate a kidney and then still right. just be a bad person all the time other than that i right. mean have have we talked at all about how this might have been some sort of trap and how he he maybe had given her some sort of disease that destroyed her kidney and was the one there to say hey I've got this kidney <laughs> right. kind of, you know, limping into it and being like, I'm your only option. I can because see or did she even want the kidney? Honestly, like, <laughs> did he like, well, did she just wake up with a scar and she has a kidney is like, it's better. 
I mean, who's to say it was a life saving? Who's to say it was a life saving kidney? Nobody needs a third kidney. Yeah, they don't need it. Um, they could definitely don't need use it. it. Yeah, there's nothing. It's that, like how clean. It's like that when somebody starts washing your the windshield of your car without asking you first if you want it, and then are like, "Pay me for it." It's like they give the kidney. It's the same. So thing. you think this was kind of like a? So he was hard up for cash. So he gives her kidney disease, then donates yeah. her the kidney, then hires the physical therapist to sleep with her so that he can divorce her and charge her for the kidney? Or Yeah, he, I mean, this is a classic, like white, this is a classic white knight move. It's like a two I mean, to three year plan, right? He could have just um, been such actually a Actually, eight years. He could have been just such a shitty spouse that she was just like slowly drinking herself to death. <laughs> And then eventually it was like, all right, you're either going to need <laughs> yeah. to shoot me in the head or give me a kidney because it's one of the two. What, what if, if he, was- he was a notorious cheater and he gave her the kidney and then through some sort of genetic com- recombination, she was like, ooh, I got to get my nuts off outside this marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the kidney was the thing that 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 changed some sort of internal appetites to make her want to sleep with the therapist. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So is, ooh, it's like when you get when you get like a you get like a donor hand that you just can't stop you know loving yourself. Yeah, but usually when when (laughs) the classic scenario of getting a donor body part that then turns on you and exhibits traits of the previous owner, right? In that case, it's like all right, a strangler's hand. You know, uh, it's it's relevant to the body part. I don't know how much philandering comes into play with the kidney. Mm, no I don't know. Either. I would guess organs can be evil. Like, what if you got, like, a really alcoholic liver that just demanded you drink booze? Right. An alcoholic liver. Yeah. Or you got a really, really farty lower abdomen, lower, like, bowels, and then you just, like, you got a fart. You can't I'm just out. saying if someone donates me, like, uh, if I get a skin graft, from a racist and it's got a nazi tattoo on it you're gonna say that that doesn't carry over (laughs) you know as i was sounding it out i was like that's the perfect that that's the appropriate body part it can literally carry hateful hateful messages yeah i'm trying to think of a better one (laughs) that could be donated what if you what if you got the skin graft and then you got the tattoo on it and you were like i had to i had to something was (laughs) something was making me you got like a horrible life, burn a, look, on your face, life def- and the only donor skin you could find was just like the upper bicep from some guy yeah. in the Aryan Nation. <laughs> this is a life or death procedure, and look, you could die on your on your principles, or you can wear long sleeve shirts. <laughs> um, all right, so we got another marital conflict, um, another uh, case of a, a vengeful husband. Uh, uh, so. Uh, in the 1920s, a woman agreed to divorce her husband on one condition, that he build her a house of her own that was the exact replica of the one they already lived in. Uh, her husband agreed, but because she forgot to specify where the house should be, he built it in the worst place he could find, in the middle of a swamp on Plum Island near Newburyport, Massachusetts, where it was impossible to hook up the plumbing system to fresh water. Jeez, that is, uh, that's some advanced pettiness. Wait, so he just made her a house that he that you can poop in? <laughs> yeah, or drink water in. Or How do really, you I mean, build just the in a house mark. in the swamp, though. Doesn't oh, he run? Isn't no. it as inconvenient for him as it is for her? No, I mean, this all was a condition of, of the divorce. Like they go separate, right. and then she's like, "Look, I'll move out of the house, but you have to move into like I want my own house that's just like this one that right. you build for me." And he's like, "Sure," and he puts it right in the middle of like. I mean, you can build on swamp. Most of Boston is built on swamp. It's all just filled in. Mm -hmm. Apparently, also, this house, which was a a nice pink house in a funny location, became like a cult following and and inspired the Save the Pink House campaign uh, after it had been abandoned in the 2000s and uh, wildlife groups wanted to take it down. Uh, this is this on Plum Island. This is on Plum Island. We've already talked about this, yeah. right? I saw yeah. this house like two weeks ago, and I Ooh. said to my girlfriend while we were going by, "I love that house." <laughs> so it's oh, inspired it's like little... joy. Oh, it's a beautiful it's... house. Yeah, and it's just in what the middle a... of this marshland. It's so weird because it's like what is that uh, Spanish mission style? Like 
in the middle of fucking Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks fine. It looks like it's looks like it's the plumbing doesn't work. It looks like yeah, it's doing well. Yeah, there's no way to hook up plumbing, so you pretty much. I mean, it's like a marsh. Just dump it out on the marsh, right? You're already get up, yeah, just build cut, yourself cut a, a porch that's got a seat with a hole in it. Problem solved. <laughs> you are now adding to the value of the house by creating more arable soil. I'm I'm sure the husband insisted these points to no end. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, switching gears a little bit. Uh, uh, um, in Pope Stephen the Sixth, uh, uh, when he became Pope, uh, he charged the previous Pope with heresy, Pope Formosus. And put the the corpse on trial for heresy, dug up the body of the previous pope, pulled him up, and then screamed at him. Of course, nobody visibly objected, and he was convicted of heresy. Um, But the story ended badly for both popes. Formus's cope was found guilty, stripped, mutilated, and dragged through the streets before being reburied in a common grave. Pope Stephen, for his part, was not long for this world either. By the following year, he had been thrown in prison and strangled to death. I mean, game recognized game. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think one of the funnest jobs in the world must have just been to have been old Pope, like, like, like crazy times Pope. And just like, I I mean, just throwing it out there, whatever you want, seeing what sticks. I mean, today we're levying taxes against uh, the, the Goths. Next week, we're sacrificing people in the name of the Lord. That was two popes in one year, right? If I heard those dates right, um, yeah, um, that's got to be a that's got to be the highest pope turnover. All right. Oh um, man, wait until you hear about the three pope year. <laughs> I don't know how many popes were in the year, but I love the idea of like, like passionately putting on trial a corpse <laughs> for the most yeah. petty, uh, f- just. The most petty thing, and also like that must have looked. I'm at like I think all the official other other Catholic Church officials had to be like, I gotta go to the jury for the dead and former Pope. Wasn't it true that you were in love with me? And now let it be known you are on the stand Uh, and under oath. Do you want to kiss me? Uh, Was that a denial I heard, or was it just gas (laughs) leaving your body? It was an affirmation. He must kiss me in front of everyone. Uh, it's like a medieval weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, 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 yeah. He probably gave it a little like he was being puppeteered. Yeah, I mean, were they try? Was was anyone like working his mouth, or was it? I here's where I my question is like, did everyone know that the former pope was dead, or was this a little bit like? Oh no, maybe if definitely dead. Okay. Like he hmm. disinterred like they... the body had been buried. He he ordered for it to be dug up, and then pu- like put on trial. And apparently, uh, nobody else went along with this at all, which led to him later yeah. being, um, except for except for the altar boys who worked the marionette strings from like the the rafters. <laughs> That's uh, well. Here's another instance of uh, of pettiness in a, uh, a beef. Michael Crichton uh, was given a. A uh, bad review in the New Republic um, by a journalist Who? named Michael Crowley, who said, "In this sense, referring to uh, uh, he he referring to Michael Crichton is like an experiment gone wrong, a creation of the publishing industry in Hollywood, who has unexpectedly mutated into a menacing figure haunting think tanks, policy forums, hearing rooms, and even the Oval Office." In return, Crichton got back by casting Crowley in his next next book next as a child rapist with a small penis. Man, I fucking <laughs> love Michael Crichton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, was, I couldn't handle that much fucking besmirching of, no. a, of a good man's name. Especially, so, yeah, especially not Michael Crichton, who, the man who wrote the, the book Congo so that there could be a movie Congo that he was supposed to direct in a deal, and when he found out he couldn't use a real gorilla, just dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> so the line from the book is... Um, that he used, referring to Michael Crowley, he calls him Mick Crowley in the book. The defendant, 30-year-old Mick Crowley, was a Washington-based political colonist 
who was visiting his sister-in-law when he experienced an overwhelming urge to have anal sex with her young son still in diapers. Mm. Mm. Doesn't well, Michael not, Crichton does not mince words. Yeah. No, no. Probably the next line had nothing to do with that. Just no relevance to the plot. That's a good book, by the way. <laughs> what next? next? Is that the yeah. one that uh, the is that the one that the Nicolas Cage movie next is based on? No, I thought it was, and and then that was a is very that why you, is that movie. why you read it? No, I read the book before the movie. I thought the movie was going to be. I had a, when I found out the movie was coming out. It was a range of emotions. First of all, excited for the movie. Then Nicolas Cage was attached. Then wary, because I didn't see where he fit into that storyline. And hard then hard to see where he doesn't. And then I watched the movie next, and that is a wild film. That's a whole other. It's awesome. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's art. Um, remember in next when the whole movie didn't happen? Yeah, when yeah. When you get to the I mean, end of the movie and then the whole movie didn't happen, it was just a premonition by Nicolas Cage. But that's kind of what I want, you know. It's the it's the what what is it the the uh, Dale's dream? What's the name of that movie? Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> Dale's dream. Dale's dream. It's about, the, Dale's dream is about a man direct a video knockoff. Dale's dream is about a man who's trying to clean the gutters on an unwieldy ladder, drunk off PBR, and he falls. And then it's about him. You know how they give div- different names for different movies in different like places. It was Jacob's Ladder oh, everywhere, yeah, yeah. except for Dale's Dream in Alabama. Yeah. Well, I was thinking it was more like you know when when there's a big blockbuster coming out, a big blockbuster movie coming out, and then uh, l- these little tiny production companies will push out these like kind of bullshit movies with similar themes and and Mm -hmm. they're right looking like when transformers were coming to video there was a lot of like machine fighters and the covers would look like transformers (laughs) like basically banking on someone getting confused a mom getting confused at the store yeah their Um, son's like get me the the robot movie they're like i got you the robot movie from the public library they have a great it was made by the guy behind the counter what do you what do you mean robots but that's what dave's what was it dave's (laughs) Dale's dream. Dale's Dale's dream. (laughs) Someone really overestimated the earning potential of Jacob's Ladder. Well, everybody saw Jacob's Ladder and was like, oh my God, I don't ever want to experience that again. (laughs) (laughs) They they keep releasing the same movie with a different title and a different cover. (laughs) Nobody wants to see my ripoff of Darren Aronofsky's mother called Aunt. Oh. <laughs> Aunt with a, with a different punctuation point. Where she wakes up and she starts bothering everybody because she's been here for three months. Nobody knows when she's going to leave. <laughs> uh, uh, so for our final beef, it's a beef against Mother Nature herself. Okay. Xerxes I reigned as the king of Persia from 486 to 465 BCE. He was not known as a temperate man, uh, and he spent most of his time as a ruler trying to conquer parts of Greece and getting pushed back. But perhaps his most dramatic action was his attempt to force the sea to bend to his will. Uh, Xerxes ordered his men to build a bridge across the Hellespont, a Turkish strait now known as Dardanelles that forms part of the boundary between Europe and Asia during one of his Greek invasions. The bridge Mm -hmm. collapsed during a storm, and Xerxes ordered his men to whip the sea with lashes and throw chains into it as punishment. Hmm. This feels like a Greek rumor. <laughs> this feels like the Greeks trying to get one over this on the Persians is, in history. <laughs> Classic propaganda. It says all the hallmarks of a Greek make em up. Greeks. Dude, those you know what they really love to drink wine and have sex with kids. I wouldn't put it past <laughs> yeah, I was them. Say, exactly. You know what they're trying to dissuade each other they're trying to dissuade you from is knowing all about their uh what's a pederastic society. <laughs> Always making stuff up, like what the angles of a triangle imply about the length of the sides. You know, it's also it's pretty easy for them to like shit on the Persians for like having a huge empire. And it's like, I don't know, is it more the Greeks' fault that they just could never get over their weird tribalism that they always remained like little city states? This feels yeah. like them like just being jealous. They're being. Haters I think that it's real. It. I think that it's real, just for the re- reason that like. I think when you have a lot of power and you get frustrated by something, you don't think about what it make like whether it makes sense, and you just want to like diffuse that anger. And like, um, it like like 
every time I walk into like a, a, like a door handle or something and it like hits me, like part of me wants to like break that door handle, you know? Yeah. Even though it doesn't matter. Like, and I think that like, I see if I were a King, I would just be like, like, you know, like you trip on some stairs and you're just like, this house displeases me, burn it down. Like you just, you have that. Why would you not do it if you have that at your disposal? I think because, because there is a, there is an action that, that, that follows the, the order to break the door or burn the house down. After after two minutes of whipping the ocean, the, the act becomes ridiculous, and now you've lost all the respect of your men. Yeah, well, but God, I mean, God forbid the 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 ocean like really like pulls back and just leaves <laughs> like on the one chance, and then there's nothing stopping you. Poseidon pops out like, oh, guys, what? Jeez. I mean, it's the Moses. It's like the one time he he really split the ocean one time, and that really carried him for forty years. Well, the interesting thing, though, yeah, I mean, you can Moses. say that is fucking since Moses. since 465 BCE, uh, they uh, the ocean has never attacked a human since. That's not true. There's yeah. been so many storms. My uncle was killed by the water. Yeah. What is a tsunami if not a a, a, a blatant invasion of Earth? Killed Look. in an alley in Edmonton, Canada. <laughs> Look, by I don't a rogue wanna... wave. Isn't that a landlocked area? The <laughs> most rogue wave. <laughs> the most rogue wave. It um, hit underground for months. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't want to besmir- besmirch the legacy of uh, Xerxes. Uh, Why not? King you afraid? Is, um, yeah, he just seems like a guy that would really, you know, really come back to... Uh, to uh, to get revenge. You mean like he can fight the ocean, now he can fight through time? Yeah. Yep. You know he's trying to. That would have been a better movie than 300. <laughs> For sure. This is time, the Zer- time 300 is a movie that should not be written, but might be. And I think that we can all agree we'll see it. Time I think we can all agree there's no other way that <laughs> what they, do you mean? Uh, Don't that they could have won that, that battle. Time there's no other way they could have won the battle at, against such odds if they weren't able to replay time anytime the battle went poorly and restart from the beginning with the new knowledge they'd acquired which is crazy because that is the fucking plot of next is it yeah is is nicholas the exact here? fucking plot of next i did not know that that's exactly what he did does he realizes yeah. he can see briefly into the future and so he just tries everything out is that like live until he finds a successful one? Yeah, pretty much. It's I mean, it's the same idea. I, it's Palm Springs. It's any Groundhog Day esque movie, except yeah. Live Die Repeat is fantastic. It was and great. Next is is uh, a chore to watch. I mean, Looper is the greatest. I think we can all agree <laughs> it's there. Just a different movie. <laughs> what do you We're mean? Naming movies? Time travel? We, no. <laughs> A particular use of it. We're talking about the particular, the 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 trying the same iteration until it works thing. There's no there's no back and forth in Looper. Mm, I don't know. Isn't everything just kind of a loop, larger loop? One loop. Yes. That's the that's the crux of Looper is that there's one timeline that you cannot escape. What about a live die repeat implies that there's multiple timelines. Each time you go back, new timeline. That's true. That's that's important. Are, what are we thinking about? Looper is a singularity, yeah. much like uh, the Terminator. Uh, uh, I guess it comes down to who do I like less, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt or Tom Cruise, and that is going to be Tom Cruise. But Emily Blunt's there, and I feel like that makes up for so much of Tom Cruise's Tom Cruise-iness. Hey, wait, Emily Blunt is in Looper. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, damn. Man, we're really we're really that, balancing the scales that, that's here. That's a KO. That's a KO right there. I'm calling it. Yeah. Oh, we got to move on. Then. Another blunt force trauma. <laughs> BFT. BFT. Whatever. BFT. Ball of Tompkins. Beefeater. All right. That's all I got. Uh, Eric, what did you bring today? Uh, I got a story from North Carolina. A dog <laughs> trapped in a 30 foot hole lured lured out to safety with beef jerky. Oh, that's nice. Nice. Right? Apparently, it fall, uh, fell down a 30-foot sinkhole um, in the mountains of North Carolina. And, I mean, I guess the real story is more so someone rappelled down into the hole to get him. But they used beef jerky instead of dog treats. Okay. What I mean, a, 
that's got to be it. Was that a beef jerky promotional? Promotional yeah, no, <laughs> uh, sponsored by Slim Jim. Sponsored by Beef Jerky. However, I gotta wonder. Speaking of of false flag operations, like the the, the kidney thing that we were talking about, it feels like Beef Jerky probably probably got that dog stuck in the in the hole to get the publicity <laughs> from luring it out the beef jerky. It was Slim Jim's most daring marketing yet. <laughs> Slim Jim's. Yeah, we're they, gonna um, blow up a chasm in North Carolina, and we're gonna be heroes. I'm amazed they need the money. I just heard they got the contract to be all the new COVID swabs. <laughs> Man. Uh, Rami, when was the last re- time you had a Slim Jim? Me? Yeah, you. Um, oh, boy. Like, years ago. When was the last time you snapped into that crisp beef casing? Hey, Romy, mm. we're all friends here. No need to lie. Yeah. I... Every time I have a Slim Jim or equivalent, uh, or equivalent, I, uh, I, I feel I, it's like I went to a, I'm at a Seven Eleven. I feel like I'm hungry and I want to eat healthy. So then I, I get like the closest thing that's not chips. So you right. get then a I, Slim Jim. So I get a Slim Jim. I like that you think <laughs> Slim Jims are a healthy choice. I, it's not. It's I relative kind of to Seven Eleven options. Kind of you know what I'm saying? Like I get like, it. Uh, you get like, a chocolate bar. You get This is the closest thing chips. to real food. Or you're like, eh, it's like meat, right? Yeah. Um, Except it's, and, yeah. And and it's not like rotating in like the 7-Eleven like hot dog display. Right. Yeah, uh, but chips to potatoes is the same as Slim Jims to beef, you know? Like, I would they're say, both like yeah. processed beyond any sort of concept of food. Actually, I would say argue, chips are way less. Yeah, I would say Pringles... To potatoes is like is like uh, Slim Jims to beef, where it's like we've mashed it up, yeah, created a slurry, and then formed it into a shape. I mean, that it's you like how they fun. It's like how they make paper. They essentially like emulsify <laughs> and then just fire it at a tray and like let it settle. Except I imagine Slim Jim Factory. It's like it looks like a gross little asshole. It's just like <laughs> I would guess Slim Jim Factories are one of the funnest places to work. <laughs> <laughs> Just constantly making poop jokes and and eating the stuff straight off the line. Just Slim Jim must cost so little to make. Let it's, it, just, let it. it's shooting out so goddamn fast. You gotta get in there and get a bite quick, or you're gonna hurt yourself. And you it's don't kinda... have to. You don't have to stand because they've given you all chairs. And you can like paint your on the the thing that pushes out the Slim Jims. You can like paint around it so it's like your manager's asshole and he's like looking back and you're like Dave's shitting out wait (laughs) the Slim Jim wait your manager's asshole well the manager painted like your co-worker comes in yeah yeah yeah. wait is that is that Dave's asshole yeah that's my asshole asshole. (laughs) yeah that's my asshole I took a photo last night I had my wife take a photo and then I used it as a rubric and I painted this on just so you know anytime you think of that like it had the face like turning around so you oh, could like, I, yeah, yeah, learn yeah. that it was like he's looking but also back it just cheekily. maybe has an identifiable birthmark on his asshole like the kid on that uh the sun the the suntan lotion thing like oops look what i did you oops know? look at how i've teased this dog into attacking me by having beef jerky in my skivvies eric did they try any foods other than beef jerky between dog treats and beef jerky was anything else attempted uh I don't believe they even tried dog traits. If I had to guess, I assume the rescuers just showed up and the dog didn't like them. Then they already had okay. the jerky on them. Oh, okay. Okay. That's just my guess, though. So there wasn't, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there wasn't like everyone's like, I, I can't, no one knows what to do. And then the Jack Link Sasquatch appears. Like, I got this. And then and then swan dives into the hole. That- I like the idea that they're just like standing on top of this hole for like a couple hours being like, what the fuck are we going to get this dog out of here? <laughs> and like somebody pulls out a Slim Jim and is like, hmm. This is a conundrum. Uh, well, I'm thinking I'll just I'll eat my this- Slim Jim. I need a healthy damn, snack. Damn, whoa, this dog's really reacting to the Slim Jim. I- oh, hey, hey I only have damn one. boy. <laughs> yeah, I also realized that this being a Slim Jim operation feels a little more unlikely now that I think about it. That the really the only takeaway from it is that Slim Jims are good for dogs. Yes. So yes, it's not a it's not a great branding opportunity. It's not a great branding. They're good for luring dogs places luring that they dogs. don't want to go. I don't know. It wins over whatever market is like selling dog bait. I guess. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't know how much money that's worth a year, but they got it. Uh, I got dog another... bait. That's a word. That's a phrase I've never heard before. Well, how else are you gonna catch a dog? <laughs> it sounded kind of like jail bait, but for dogs. <laughs> I guess that'd be kennel bait. Yeah. If right. you have a friend or loved one that ever describes your pet as kennel bait, reevaluate your relationship with them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess. I, mean, I guess so. I don't really, I don't really want to cut people out of my life for one-offs, but yeah, if that's really what people, people are coming one-offs. to for this place for advice, I mean, yeah, follow it. I just, I mean, okay, all right. I wasn't expecting any resistance there, you know. It's, 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 I don't think the well, dogs I don't are want, either. I don't want, I don't want dog fuckers around me. That's just like that's just a personal opinion. I, I'm fine cutting dog no, fuckers out of my life. Well, we're not going to get political on this podcast, Jake. So. Why you gotta make it doesn't have to be a political issue. It's it's either you know it, not everything has to be a, a partisan issue. It's, it's it's is it okay to fuck dogs around Jake or is it not okay to fuck dogs around Jake? And I am completely on the it's not okay to fuck dogs around me. Hey man, uh, you Look, know whatever you want in your life, just don't bring it around the Thanksgiving table. I'm trying to limit <laughs> stuff. I, Look, I don't Jake, know. we don't want to. Uh, it's hard to know what. Whose side? Who's on what side? But you've just been talking a lot about dog fighting. I mean, you can't okay. trust the media on this sort of thing. You know what I mean? It's like it's like what are the facts? To me, it seems like such a simple issue. You're making oh. it so complicated. Fine. You know what? You know what? I'll just keep my opinions to myself. You guys do what you want. Finally, finally. Uh, I have uh, one more story from the Smithsonian. Okay. Uh, a four-year study from Botswana concluded that painting eyes on cow butts could save cattle and lion lives. Man, uh, could we guess how that would be the case first? How Why? do the lions die? Well, they get shot by people defending their cattle, I would guess. Oh, does it, oh. it scares Oh, it scares away lions? Mhm. Uh so right. you just like paint a pair of eyes on cow butt cheeks and apparently that works. It tricks lions in thinking that cows are looking watched. at them. Not just lions. It'll trick anyone. It's true. See, I they see do that. that with tigers with the uh, masks. See, I see that, and I think, what if giant friendly face that I can now go have a conversation with? <laughs> and then you open your mouth to talk, and then you get cow shit right in your mouth. Well, I'm not. He's a very close talker. <laughs> Lions are notoriously close. Well, talkers. I'll tell you this: in the dark at night, big eyes. It's hard to tell what's a sign and what's not a sign. <laughs> And, you know, I don't know. It's evening sun in Botswana. Romance is right. She's giving you the eyes. She's giving me the big old eyes. And I make my move. And yeah, Eric, did they did they put a study as to whether uh, different expressions on the eyes produced better or worse results? Did, like, bedroom eyes discourage or encourage more lion attacks than, like, incredulous eyes? Uh, they don't say specifically, but the photo they use has, like, very cool artistic eyes with, like, eye shadowing and oh. shit. Oh, that's oh, cool. Oh, wow. And, and, like, they, and they say, and they okay. say there are no good jobs for art majors. Yeah, I went to Pratt, and Especially now I, uh, <laughs> I, I paint eyes on the butts. Yeah. In Botswana. <laughs> yeah, it's a real, it's a real top RISD desti- destination now. Jesus. Yeah, out of, um... Out of a total of over 2,000 cattle from 14 herds, um, 683 had uh, cows painted on their butt, and zero were killed over four years. Damn. But 15 out of 835 were killed. Oh, RIP. Just 15 over what, four years? Yeah. Without That's the, the painting. thing with predator like predation on animals is like it's never actually that bad. Yeah. Okay. It, it yeah. isn't. I'm sick of hearing. I, lo- I, lo- I love that fun- take. Yeah. It's a reasonable take. Farmers are really annoying when it comes to their herds. I'm so tired of big Botswana herdsmen, the the economy coming Taking in up. and making up stories about these lions coming in and eating their cows. Look, it's 15 cows. That's not an important amount. I mean, Over 15 four cows. Years. 
15 four cows, years over 800. 15 yeah. cows is barely five Lamborghinis of meat. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the conversion there? 15 cows is barely five. I mean, it's three cows per Lamborghini. Is that how much meat Why? You could fit in a Lamborghini or how much meat would be able to create a Lamborghini out of meat? Well, it would be probably more like uh, probably more like 12 Lamborghinis in Botswana, but with Italian conversion rates, you're really sizing down. So it's about five Italian Lamborghinis. Check I don't out. know enough about Lamborghinis to argue with you. Me neither, but I'm just going to say... I just out. thought they were worth more than three cows, but you know, you're, you're telling me. Oh, no, we're talking like physical volume. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you thought you meant like price value? Yeah, I, I mean, what... <laughs> Why, why, why would we using a Lamborghini as a as a, a standard for volume? Well, it's a, I mean, why do we use? I don't. Gold? I mean, why do we like, use gold? It's the top. It's the most we valuable don't. of the. Yeah, we don't. I mean, maybe yeah. not in Botswana. Yeah, it's like my my bathtub. I don't is measure about, cows about, in volume. My bathtub's about one eighth of a Lamborghini of water. <laughs> now that seems low. <laughs> <laughs> It's a small tub. I mostly shower. Um, but, you know, decent size. Going yeah, right. I guess. I, I got to get a better stance for Lamborghini volume. <laughs> it's international markets. Okay. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for sharing with that, Eric. Uh, Joe, did you have a game? Uh, I did not have a game, but uh, I suppose that I could make one up. Uh, I do have one. Oh, I can make, I can bring a game yeah, if you have I, something to share. Well, I was going to say, I do have one. Um, running on time. Just just one fun, uh, oh man, I hope I didn't lose it. Uh, oh, I have one fun uh, uh, feud, and this is mm-hmm. from the world of Hollywood. Um, and it's two men, one named Sylvester Sloan and Richard Gere. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone and Richard Gere were set to star together in 1974 film The Lords of Flatbush until the two didn't get along on the film set. Gere's role would later be recast. We never hit it off, Sylvester said in 2006. He was strutting around in his oversized motorcycle jacket like he was the baddest knight at the round table. The drama would get increasingly messy, literally. The two actors apparently also got into a physical fight over spilled chicken grease. I was eating a hot dog, and Richard climbs in with half a chicken covered in mustard with grease nearly dripping out the aluminum wrapper, Sylvester said in the same interview. I said, that thing is going to drip all over the place. Don't worry about it, he said, and I said, if it gets on my pants, you're going to know about it. (laughs) Richard Gere proceeded to bite into the chicken, and a small greasy river of mustard landed on his thighs. I elbowed him in the side of the head and basically pushed him out of the car. Jesus Christ. That's all. Yikes! Uh, you guys think that thing really happened to Richard Greer? What do you mean, the butt hamster? Yeah, the butt hamster. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it before, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd like to believe. I mean, it's the same thing with Sasquatch. I'd like to believe that out there exists a Richard Gear with a hamster in his butt. Still, it's a friendlier it's, world. You think it's still in there? I mean, who's to say? I'm not a doctor. Look, if Richard Gere didn't want to hamster up his butt, he should have painted eyes on his butt cheeks. <laughs> well, I think the thing is he absolutely wanted it up his butt. I don't think that that had anything to do with it. In the 800 exactly. days that I've painted eyes on my butt cheeks, I've had zero hamsters enter me. Yeah. It's, it's a simple so, solution. It's so crazy the amount of conflicts that like can arise on a movie set just out of pure diva behavior. Yeah. I don't know, man. If somebody spilled mustard chicken grease on me, I don't think I'd be the happiest. <laughs> I do love the image of of uh, Richard Gere, like all all like pl- playful in an oversized jacket, climbing into a car with a whole fucking with a ha- with a whole chicken. Like and, and not to mention, Sylvester Stallone is just eating a hot dog. <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone does not, to me, come off as a guy who like masks his emotions well. I feel like you must have known how you must know how Sylvester Stallone feels about you pretty quickly. I don't yeah. know when when he had cancer in Creed, he really hides that. That's a movie, Romy. But it shows his emotional range. I Okay. <laughs> Looper is better than Creed, we can all agree no. here, right? 
I think we can all agree that Looper is a better film than Creed. I just think it's two two uh, two monoliths of fragile masculinity meeting in the eighties <laughs> and arguing over uh, over chicken grease is is Italian kiss. Yeah, I. Well, that's pretty much all I had. Yeah, yeah it's just it's just that one. That's uh, all right. That was my uh, favorite. Thanks, Joe. Uh, 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 we're running on in time, so we're gonna go to the game right now. Uh, it's me. I'm Game Warden again. <laughs> you didn't see it coming. What are we doing, boys? We're saving the beef industry. We're saving ranchers. Not long ago, ranchers were the most suicidal profession in the country, right right around with uh, air traffic controllers and dentists. Um, but we're going to turn that around, okay, by making America fall back in love with beef. Enough of these vegetarians, beyond beef and whatnot. Here's the problem. The brand is dead. We need a new name and, and trajectory for cow-based meat Mm. okay Mm -hmm. name advertising push uh i'll go uh it's meef um and it's the and it's the beef of mars uh (laughs) what we do is we launch a whole bunch of cows up there and start a cattle sort of terraforming under the guise of terraforming we send these cows up we say we're going to blast this entire place with methane gas it's going to heat it up we're going to build an atmosphere and then we're going to send that beef back to earth uh i see no downsides because we are now outsourcing all of the methane and the bad things about factory besides the sadness but i think mars is truly far enough away where nobody's going to hear the cow screams or really Mm -hmm. care you know what i mean um I would guess yeah. Elon Musk is all ready to go with it. Uh, okay. So I would guess it's just kind of floating the idea to him and then maybe accepting a neural link and kind of uploading yourself okay. up to the Tesla Borg. Seems involved. I would say that we're going to get our first Meef patty on planet Earth in 2070. Okay. And those numbers are skewed because I've lied about them. I do not know about space travel or beef culture or space. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm really relying a lot on Elon here. <laughs> You're uh, good hands. Yeah, let Elon take the wheel. Romy? Um, so I think that a lot of the problem with beef is is people... It's confusing, right? So, yeah, like, it's, it's so confusing. Beef makes steak, but it also makes you know, uh, meatballs and it also right. makes, you know, all sorts of things. And it also comes from a cow. It doesn't come from a beef. Like, mm-hmm. uh, chicken is, comes from a chicken, but it yeah. is chicken. And pork so comes it's from our, a pork. And, and yeah. that's, and it is the most popular meat. Right. So, um, my, uh, my solution is, uh, to rename, uh, rename it cow. <laughs> okay. So because we all know, cow and it 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 creates that association it removes one element of confusion which is like you're walking down the aisle you're like how many times that you like you see you're like ground beef and you're like in your head you have to be like ground beef that is ground up beef that comes from a cow which is an animal on a farm like and you're like at this point you're just you just want to get home you want to eat so you pick up some chicken Mm -hmm. so you see cow you go boom got it put it in right removes the friction um, and, uh, also the meat would now, we'd have to make it spotted, spotted white and black okay. so that to further that association, oh. because I think people are uncomfortable when they see something pink and, yeah. or brown, but the animal does not look like that. Right. I'll tell you what, I only buy feathered chicken breasts for that exact yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, um, yeah. um I think you're capturing a, a unique uh, demographic, which is the the undecided meat purchasers, people who come to the meat aisle and are just like, you know what, let's see what they got, and uh, yeah, really trying to process. Like they they aspire to purchase beef, but but lose their way and 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 fall back on chicken. So I think yeah, I think there's something there. Um, Eric, you want to go or do you want me to do mine? I got mine. Uh, it's called Beyond Tofu. 
Uh, we're going to sell to those consumers who like tofu, but are quite frankly put off by the amount of unhealthy estrogen that's in it. Okay. Uh, so what we do is really simple. It actually doesn't take that many steps. We take a whole cow, we slaughter it, and we skin it. And then we just put it bones, fat, uh, you know, whatever else is in a cow. We basically just blend that together like an industrial turbine. Uh, we then salt it so we get all the blood to come out of it. So at this point, it is a grayish white paste. We then add natural bleaching agents okay. to further increase the natural whiteness that already exists in cow puree. We then set it in molds, much like we do with tofu. We cut it up in the blocks, and then we send it to a supermarket. I like it. It's, it's imitation tofu, but made from from cow meat. I think that's Beyond smart. Tofu, it, Jake. It, Beyond tofu, it, Sorry, it, sorry. Excuse me. But Eric, it, what about the baby? The mar- what about the baby cows who are now going to see their parents, you know, suffering and loss gone to a lie? I don't know, man. They're cows. That's I think fair. that this is smart. I think it captures the market of like, because beyond meat is like, you're, it makes you look, you're like, you're a vegetarian, but you look like a meat eater where you want to show that you're a vegetarian. This is, you get to display all the positive qualities of being a, a vegetarian and being conscientious, but you don't have to actually eat tofu. You can eat mm-hmm. meat. So it's sort of the best of both worlds. And you still enjoy all the texture and flavor that tofu offers. This is from a cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so it, d- it doesn't taste good. <laughs> no, it tastes like tofu. It's beyond it exactly like tofu. It's yeah. it's I yeah, but it won't. If, get, once I, again, I if, get it. If you like the bold flavors that tofu offers, but you're put off by the amount of estrogen that it produces, <laughs> well, I, I am. This is a potential high cholesterol uh, option that tastes and feels exactly the same. As a consumer, I do like eating warm jelly, but I dislike the breasts that I've grown. <laughs> I mean, you still will grow breasts. It is very high in fat. Oh, okay. But it's not specific to the breasts. Well, the because you it's not breast tissue. Body. It's fat right, okay. in the breast area. Yeah, so I won't, right, be, okay. I won't be lactating anymore. No, that will probably well, stop. Well, yeah. Unless there's a crying infant near you, in which case I, I really don't know. I do love a crying infant. Nice. Take it to um, the I think, I mean, that's a, that's a strong, these are all strong contenders. I, I only had two ideas. Uh, one was uh, Protein Plus, which is basically we just don't change anything and just slap new labels and bump the price up, uh, marketed as, you know, a, a, a boutique thing. It's like, to Romy's point, if people are just getting confused about beef, let's make it clear, this is the premium protein choice. Um, mm-hmm. And the other one uh, was just to... Uh, only only sell all different types of beef in kind of like a, a, a an assorted bag and call them funky nugs <laughs> so you go and you buy like a bag of funky nugs and it's got like it's got like a skirt steak in yeah. there it's got some like some like stew chops it's got like a you know liver. there's like a ball uh, ground chuck yeah there's a liver there's a little bit of lengua you know it's just like funky nugs you know like what do, what do we want tonight i don't know we could we could eat some of the funky nugs it's not something you like it's not a defined meal you get the funky nugs for the house and then that's your protein for the week i would buy I, that I if it came with a blender that turned it all into a slurry yeah, and then and was then, just directly deposited into my stomach, no mouth. Well, you're well, you're gonna be super stoked when we come out with funky juice next year. <laughs> I would love to take that funky juice, put it into a gel mold, and make some make some tofu. Um, well, now you're getting into intellectual. Also, when I know, hear the name funky nugs for some reason, what I saw for the graphic design on it, it's like this bag, and it's kind of playful. It's kind of like you know, it's not, it's it's a little out there branding, and it's like this cow. And, yeah. he's, and he's like, it says Funky Nugs, and he's like holding his testicles up to the. <laughs> I do like the, the maybe mind. maybe the the catch line of just slap the bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the vibe. Uh, yeah, chomp on yeah. these, or like a cow with like two different pairs of sagging pants, like a and a cool hat and, and sunglasses. Two different know. pairs. Well, like he's legs. got them on his front legs and his back. Oh, legs. I see. Yeah, yeah. Right. One's he's got a bas- one's Jenkos and the other is like, yeah, yeah. 
He's got like a he's just like he's just like a cool kid. He's a cool kid. It's cool Funky kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got pants. And you could wear formal pants on one legs and then the other ones be casual. Oh, pants. you could capri sun it and you could have all the children dissolve into sort of spheres of flying oh, meat yeah. and then you reform. Take a, you take a bite of the funky nugs, you turn into pieces of funky nugs. Oh. I love it. Anyway, I think these are all strong ideas. Uh, rather than pick a winner, I think we should just all try them independently and see what sticks. Um, I'll tell you, after this, I'm going to be having a nice old burger. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's going to bring us to the close today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, find us online at on Twitter at It's Conspiracy, on Instagram at Conspiracy Loves You. Uh, give us a give us a rate and a review on iTunes. That'd be super helpful. Uh, go to any of our social medias, find a link tree. All of our content is there. Um, tell your friends. Else? Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell them that you've got other friends on the radio. Oh, and next time, listen to the episode backwards so you hear this part first. Correct. Oh, also, if you're friends or family with any high-level media executives, just like let them know. Like, let them know we exist. Let them know. Not necessarily about this episode, but contact us and I will compile a list of clips. (laughs) Oh, and anybody with with timestamps of other episodes that they can then themselves navigate to. And anybody who responded to the Craigslist post and wants me to, wants to help me do that thing, um, meet up, Bishop School, by the tree, end of the yard, nine o'clock tonight. Joe, I said I would help you with this, and you keep not responding. Yeah, you're not the right take, body take, type. Take the hint, Romy. You're not, the, the, you're not the right body type, Romy. <laughs> All right. Well, it seems like you're not getting many options. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, bye. 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 Paint those buttholes. <laughs>